You have located Geekfest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. I just can't wait. I can't wait to see what they reveal. I, I love it. Yeah, it's a celebration all around. I've been prepping for this. I've been here in this line since six in the morning. I'm ready. This is unbelievable to be here. She saw the announcement. She said, "We have to We're go. going, guys. We're going. We're going." Looking forward to some epic lightsaber battles. It's an environment filled with nothing but positivity. Best thing this weekend, everything was awesome. Everything was awesome. If everyone's happy and we're all just celebrating it all together, it's so cool. Star Wars Celebration is headed to Anaheim in 2020. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Geek Best Rant. My name is Carlos Perone, and today I have Kyle, my son, joining me, and we are going to discuss Star Wars Celebration 2020, an event that, as of now, it is still up in the air as to whether or not it will happen. One of our favorite, if not the favorite, convention that takes place eh, every now and then. Uh, this time around, it's supposed to happen in Anaheim, California. However, because of the COVID situation, it might not. They've already canceled other major conventions. And today we're going to talk about what could have been expected, you know, from this particular Star Wars convention. And if there are alternative ways to make it happen in a different manner, you know, if they do end up canceling the actual convention. So let's get started with our show. Interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin direct via satellite from our on the spot task force. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Thank you, Bob. It's Mort. Mort, yes. I am Ted Baxter, and here is the news. Okay, I'm joined here today by Kyle, my son Kyle. Say hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. We're going to talk about what's been happening here convention-wise due to the COVID-19 outbreak and how a lot of things are being canceled left and right, things that some of them are immediate things, some of them are things in the future. The biggest announcement we've gotten so far is San Diego Comic-Con, which obviously for genre purposes it's one of the giant absolute giant events that happens every year where we get most of our 
genre-related news and toys and shows and TV shows and movies and stuff like that. I mean, we're going to be basically focusing mainly on Star Wars right now because this is a very important Star Wars year as far as I'm concerned. Not only, you know, in terms of merchandising as usual, you know, whatever happens to be around is what they merchandise the most of. But because this is kind of like the second year that we're transitioning from a very heavy film schedule, let's say, which has led to somewhat of a backlash, I I imagine, uh, of the success of the films, specifically with Last Jedi, then Solo, and now Rise of Skywalker. And we've started to see the transition into television with Disney Plus and The Mandalorian, which is a complete, absolute hit. You know, there's no arguing here that The Mandalorian has, as far as I'm concerned, has taken up the mantle of the Star Wars franchise. Not only from a successful, I guess you could call it ratings or, you know, viewership, but merchandising too. There is a lot of focus that's all of a sudden shifting now towards the Mandalorian. And we talked about in the past how they were a little behind the ball on merchandising on purpose because of the whole Yoda baby controversy, if you want to call it, of why did they not have merchandise? And it was done on purpose so that there would be a surprise for the viewers of what this new character and, and, and merchandising would be all about. But now that the cat's out of the bag... You know, they had plans already, and I think some of those plans included being able to see some really good merchandise right around now. But this whole COVID-19 thing has basically thrown a hand grenade into everybody's plans, not only just the merchandising side, but the production side, what's coming next to what's coming now. And in these conventions that we normally would see, Now, this is a a specific uh, difficult year if you think about it, because not only would we have the usual yearly San Diego Comic-Con, but we were also going to have, or we are still technically, possibly, maybe, maybe not, going to have Celebration Anaheim. Last year, I think it was Chicago. This year is Anaheim again. They're going back to Anaheim. And right now, it is still questionable as to whether or not that will take place. You know, given all the social distancing guidelines, you know, it seems pretty impossible for any convention size event. Uh, Given the fact that also California has been saying that they are going to suspend just about everything, possibly through the end of the year. Next year, too. Yeah, we might not see any, any real massive gatherings until next year in California, at least. I think any day now they're going to have to announce some kind of a cancellation and some kind of a refund strategy. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con has already been issuing or starting the process of issuing refunds, which from what I've seen, you have to apply for a refund, then let you know if they can give you that refund. I don't see why they wouldn't, but there's apparently an option that if you want or if you don't specifically ask for a refund, up until sometime in July, I think it is, or June or July, they will automatically credit you that ticket. That pass that you bought for 2020 will be automatically, you know, renewed for 2021. Because, again, San Diego Comic-Con takes place every year in San Diego. It's just a matter of, you know, figuring out the dates. Uh, So that's how San Diego is taking care of it. Celebration Anaheim is a whole other monster. 
And we're going to talk about that at the end. But let's talk about the type of information that we would have gotten. Because this is a year, again, where you have multiple big events, or you had multiple big events, they kind of usually separate, they spread them out. So if there are any big announcements, they might give you a few during San Diego Comic-Con, and then a couple more, you know, a couple months later uh, at Celebration, which this particular Celebration was at the end of August. Mm -hmm. So they, they kind of spread it out. Not only merchant, you know, they do it for merchandising, Hasbro. They, they show you some figures over here, then they show you some other figures over there. They spread out. We talked about this a bazillion times. Between toy shows and conventions and celebrations, they try to spread it out so that, you know, it's, a, it's like an ongoing thing that you're always looking forward to something happening. But because this year we would have been splitting all the information between two major major events there is none so the question then becomes how do they roll out information or what kind of information were we even waiting for so let's start breaking it down in terms of the major star wars announcements that, that we would have had this year uh first off the most important thing as usual as far as i'm concerned is movies and as far as i can tell because they were shifting gears already to kind of step away from movies, let's do a little more Disney Plus television to let it breathe, let the movies breathe a little. Do you remember, Kyle, where were we with movies after this trilogy was over? What was still in the works? Yeah, there, were, there was supposedly another trilogy that was being developed. And then there were apparently some solo projects still being developed, but it was... That new trilogy was supposed to start in 2022. Now, which trilogy is this? The Ryan Johnson one or the uh, the Game of Thrones? It, I uh, think it was supposed to... Well, the slate was for the Game of Thrones people, but those people left. And that's out left. the window. Well, no. There's, there's, they still have movies but like they, slated for those. But they left. But they left. Okay. Yeah. So those movies are technically still in the pipeline. Yes. Okay. Then... What about Ryan Johnson? Because up until a few months ago, he was still claiming that he was still in yeah, the Yeah, there's still something going on there, it sounds like, but we have no clue of when or how or what. And, and, then and, and let me just, let me just uh, reiterate, I am not a big fan of what he did with The Last Jedi. I am still a fan of his filmmaking because I love Looper. And I recently saw Knives Out and loved yeah, that movie that too. That was so good, yeah. And... I just cannot forgive him for The Last Jedi, but I do look forward to more work from him, maybe non-Star Wars work. You know, I would love to see more non-Star Wars work from him. Same thing with uh, Gareth Edwards, who did a fantastic job, as far as I'm concerned, with Rogue One, and we never saw him again. It's like, yeah, he's, what he happened? Had, he actually made something good. I looked on IMDb, and there's nothing... Why, he's not even doing anything I know. At all. Why, why aren't people, like, knocking at his door, begging him to do something, or television, or Disney+, Plus, anything? Well, I... I don't understand, but at least as far as Ryan Johnson goes, you know, I'm 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 not a Ryan Johnson hater. <laughs> I just don't like what he did with Last Jedi. But technically, there has been no announcement of him stepping away or no. him being told to step I away. I think. I mean, honestly, I think that Ryan Johnson, if he had his own trilogy that was completely separate from everything else, I think he could make something good. Yes, I agree with that, and I, so, and I said that since the beginning. His biggest sin, as far as I'm concerned, is that he made the wrong Star Wars movie. He should have made a solo movie, not a trilogy that's attached to something that was already yeah. started. If he were to create his own thing, I think he could pull it off. Yeah. But is that it, as far as we know, well, as of existing there's projects? There's also somehow Kathleen Kennedy and Kevin Feige are apparently working on something. 
some sort of like Star Wars movie singular, but we haven't heard anything about that in a couple months either. But apparently he's working on something as a producer or something like that. But yeah, and it's also wise, suspected yeah. that a lot of the the projects that they were shopping around initially or or brainstorming initially that they wanted to turn into movies. Like, there was a period where they were talking about a Yoda movie. Oh my God, a Yoda movie or a Boba Fett movie. Well, yeah. guess what? I think those projects basically turned into Mandalorian. Probably. And in, 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 a, in, a, in a way, that's kind of what happened. Now, the other thing I also, I could have swore I heard, and you correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm thinking of the wrong medium, but I thought there were some kind of a theatrical movie idea about the knights of the old republic i mean it's definitely something that has been tossed around there's there's rumors that that new trilogy will be something along those lines yeah but right now the only thing that's canon now that is going to be taking place like in not not necessarily that part of the past but in the yeah. further past is the new comics and books that they're releasing as part of a uh, project luminous which is the uh, the high republic era which is like 400 years before phantom menace i think it's supposed to be okay where like the jedi are at their height and they're like they're still like they're basically kind of like space cowboys basically mm. and they're like liberating towns but, but and stuff. yeah but because it's comics that's a whole other that's a whole other medium altogether so i think that's about it for movies so if comic-con or celebration were still taking place I don't think there's much that they could announce at this point having to do with anything in terms of a big hour-long panel on blah, blah, blah. No, well, no, yeah. I, I don't think it they... would be if they were to announce anything, it would be something that would be like attached to like like a main event panel of some sort, you know, because any of the information that they would actually be like show like obviously they haven't started filming any of these movies. Everything's still in pre-production. Or they could have announced a we're hiring so and so to direct the first chapter yeah. of a new saga. Yeah. Now that the 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 Game of Thrones guys are out of the way, yeah, yeah, they could they could have done something like that. They'll announce like stuff that. like that, like casting. Maybe they'll announce like some sort of like time frame of when the new movies will right. come out. And and again, even if they were to announce that, that could go out the window so fast because look at what ended up happening to this trilogy. Directors changed hands solo. You know, people got fired. People got rehired. People were brought back. Well, people the, the were taken out. The thing is, is a lot of these... People quit. <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of those like announcements, a lot of them were never like 100% official still. But from Lucas, like Lucasfilm never, I think the Lucasfilm advertised the, uh, the Game of Thrones people were yeah. like, they made that a hundred percent confirmed. But like, I think even the Ryan Johnson stuff was like not a hundred percent confirmed by Lucasfilm, but it was by Ryan Johnson, but it was like a weird. Right. But you know, obviously the, they did fire the director of Solo. They did. Well, they, they didn't fire the Game of Thrones people. They just left on their right, own because right. they wanted to work on something else. But, but they were official blunders along the way. The guy that was supposed to direct the last Rise of Skywalker, he was also left the project. The guy from Jurassic World. So there have been some big, you know, repairs that they had to do to their plans publicly. Granted, obviously, any company like this would rather have these adjustments made behind the scenes so that when it's all said and done it looks like everything was meant to be the way it was meant to be but yeah they had to publicly make changes because of the fact that when you do project so much forward you know they they tried to pull again they, they tried to pull in avengers and avengers has a better track record not a perfect track record you know the marvel universe i'm talking about of being able to project so far in advance and kind of stick to that plan 
And I think that's what happened with Star Wars. They tried to project into the future, and then they couldn't they couldn't keep up with it. It was too many too many hurdles on the way. But anyway, because of the fact that movies are not that solid right now, and we are obviously, it's no secret. It, they, they it's part of their strategy, and they mentioned it that they want to take a break from movies and go towards television with Disney Plus. The Mandalorian was a complete absolute hit. Second season, I think they practically finished it already. They finished shooting it. Now they're like doing post production, I imagine. Yeah. They finished filming that, like, I think in January, I think. And it's supposed to be, I think, coming out in October. Yeah. So, so they've been well into pre production. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, their, most of their VFX are already done. They just need to wait possible. until October. It's possible. And I don't know if there's any delays in their October target date for Mandalorian. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they push it to December or something like that. You know, I, the post-production, I could have swore I saw some post-production pictures on Facebook. Some people were like editing from home. Some of their yeah. editors were oh, working yeah, from home and that sort of thing. Home, yeah. So they, 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 even in the post-production world, this whole covid problem is affecting everything they can no longer people can no longer go to their normal job and be around the people that they are they have to spread it out but again when it comes to editing it's a pretty solo experience you could have somebody via skype or something right next to you or in a room that's separated or something you know you could you could safely edit let me put it that way yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that, that sort of thing happened. Now, San Diego Comic-Con and Celebration, but specifically San Diego Comic-Con would have been an excellent opportunity to debut the trailer for the second season. Well, I don't think so, because Star Wars doesn't do that much usually during or San Diego Comic-Con. Or a teaser. Comic -Con. A teaser. You tease in San Diego, and then you give a full trailer at celebration usually they just do only the like books and the comics and the toys usually during that time they show some stuff i mean the last time they done see, anything last major time it, with mandalorian last time it was different because the show was premiering so we did get multiple remember when they had that sizzle reel that was only available for the people that showed up but that, I think was, it was, that was at celebration though but then they had another event take place where they showed more that so, was still at celebration no not the same celebration maybe it was, no, it was the same celebration no they, they were they never showed anything before that that was they, it was still they were still filming i'm at that pretty point. sure they were no no they they, they might have still been filming but I remember seeing two versions. The first version was the one that yeah, everybody it was, was... it was from the same panel. Was, and then the second version was something that they premiered. Maybe they released it publicly, the second one. Obviously, before the... With, with actual clip, you know, like good quality it, video. It took, it took them like two months before that footage became like quality... Like like the the stuff that you the, the good quality yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was all, but all the footage that that was released came from Celebration. I'm still convinced that if San Diego would have happened, we would have gotten something, even if it's a 30 second tease or something, yeah. because I that's how so. merchandising and advertising works. You give people a little little tiny bites and bigger bites. The closer we get to that event, you give them a, a bigger bite. So it, it could have been a tease in San Diego and a trailer in uh celebration yeah the, th the thing though with with that is star wars they they always saved it for celebration but with the other times the only times that i can think of where they actually showed something like footage wise at comic-con was well the last time was clone wars for season 10 but that was because it was the 10th anniversary and it coincided around that time so then they they showed that very early teaser trailer with only like two shots in it for the new season and then before that they had a panel 
for episode seven at Comic-Con, but that was because they were kickstarting the whole thing, so they had to do that stuff. But normally they don't show footage at Comic-Con, really. Well, the other thing that they could definitely be talking about is the fact that I think they already started pre-production on the third season. And is the third season the one that they were hinting that Ahsoka's going to show up, or the second season? No, second season. So, okay, so Ahsoka's already in the works. Theoretically, if she definitely is, which is like all but 100% confirmed now, then she would have had to already film her scenes. And it's a very small, this is Rosario Dawson? Yeah. And it's a, I imagine it because of the nature of the show, I don't think she's a regular. I think no, she's probably a one episode, it's like a one episode cameo yeah. or small role or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but again, I have a feeling that for Celebration, The Mandalorian Season 2 would have been the meat and potatoes. Oh, yeah. That would have been the biggest focused everything. Yes. And, and plus, under normal circumstances, it also would have been the merchandising, you know, juggernaut it would have been the baby yoda dolls that we're expecting that we were expecting that are still coming but are coming yeah, later some of them were able to come out before everything hit but right but i'm talking about the yeah. the the, uh, the 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 interactive one the plush ones all those bigger I products the, the live-sized gentle giant oh thing where it's like it's completely like it's basically like 100% accurate to the puppet. Yeah, it's like you, you can't. Ridiculous. You just. You, but it's ridiculous the, the amount of stuff that's it's like coming. Like three hundred dollars. How like life yeah. size, completely detailed. Well, the other thing they could have talked about, or they could have promoted in some shape or form. Now, granted, with the Mandalorian, you would have had panels of the stars. You would have had Filoni. All of the directors would have been yeah. there. Even Tatiki would have probably shown up well, one day. Well, he. Yeah, the thing he's is, a big he, shot. he's not. Apparently, he's not directing anything, and he's not a part of the new season really wow but it's because he was working on other stuff so but yeah that would have been something else and i believe i read somewhere earlier that carl weathers was going to direct an episode oh yeah so he might have been in the mix for the second but again like i said the panels all the guests that's what you would have seen panels with every guest special effects creators feloni feloni would have been all over the place yeah he's definitely directing at least Uh, fabro fabro probably would have been the lead you know, main event guest, I imagine, for a celebration. Because he is now the... He's not in charge of everything, but he's got the hot show. So he's the hot creator, you know, of the month, if you will. I think even bigger than than people would want to hear from Kathleen Kennedy or just about... I mean, unless you can get Lucas, but Lucas is really so disconnected at this point. Well, he's, he's shown up for every celebration. Right, but I'm He'll saying nobody can really ask him anything because everything is like, well, it's not well, up to yeah, me anymore. That's that's I mean, he, vis- he visits the set once right, in a while. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like a good luck, you know, uh, I, you know, good luck, guys. You know, it keeps the brand alive and makes a connection with the old fans, whether, all, whether the old fans like it or not, you know, whether they agree or not, it makes that connection. For all we know, it might even be on his contract. For in order to sell the company, he also might have agreed for the next ten years. I will make some kind of an appearance at when you're shooting. Blah blah blah. I'll just come and say hi. You guys take some pictures. It's good publicity. You know, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me one iota if it's in the contract. It's nice to think that he is such a nice guy. And he is kind of watching over the property he used to own that he kind of likes to keep tabs on what they're doing. And he likes to wish people good luck and good good feelings. Mm-hmm. But 
if all of a sudden I found out that it's in the contract, it I, wouldn't surprise me. I feel me. like at least for the Mandalorian, I feel like he's he, like he's more excited for that because Dave Filoni's there. Yeah, and and like for example, with with Ron Howard, you know, yeah, he they have a connection. They were friends. Ron Howard did did Willow for him, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, some directors you figure that he would do it no matter but, what. Yeah, like the. But who knows? But like the new, the, the, the trilogy movies, I feel like, yeah, he wasn't that excited. <laughs> so, yeah, the, definitely The Mandalorian would have been the big drawer, and the, the, the majority of the big time guests would have been Mandalorian related. The second series that they could have been pushing a lot, that we're getting little bits and pieces of information as we speak, is the Cassian Andor series, which. Latest and greatest news that we have right now is that Mod Mothma is going to show up because it's that time period. The the actress, the same actress that played her on uh, Rogue One, right? Yeah, and in uh, Revenge of the Sith and the deleted scenes, yeah. Right. We also know that actor from uh, Thor, uh, Salzgard? Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna. He has a role in it. So okay, they're bringing in some heavy, uh, heavy duty, uh, you know, talented actors in the mix. And that the show apparently has a new showrunner that was kind of already sort of involved, yeah, I but think now he was they a producer or something. This now. is Gilroy, Tony, Tony who, Gilroy. who did, was involved with Rogue One. Yeah, he did the reshoots for Rogue One. So yeah, that's that's that, again again that's so crazy interesting that they're creating this series and I don't see Gareth Edwards' name anywhere near it. You figure if this guy has well, no I work, heard, I heard that they had <laughs> issues with him. Not not like like a feud or anything but it was like but like the whole third act of the movie was well, a complete train wreck apparently the, well that's one of these huge things that is going to haunt us for years until they finally release some behind the scenes books or somebody talks yeah. that, that the, 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 the buzz that has gone around since that movie was put out was <laughs> that yes the end of the movie was completely changed and a new person yeah. Gilroy was brought in and he actually reshot some stuff yeah I'm, I'm confused also because apparently that whole Darth Vader Vader thing was was part of Gilroy's thing, uh, and, and, and Gareth Edwards had a cameo in that scene too. So it was kind of weird. It's it, and and there is no like Gareth Edwards has not said a bad thing about anybody. No, Obviously, he, he hasn't said a thing about anything because he's been, yeah, he, like he could be dead for all we know. I don't know uh, where he is. He'd have not seen him. Yeah, this is the, this is a tough one. And it's it, and what makes it even tougher, at least for me, is the fact that I like the movie. I like how it turned out, and I've talked about this before. Normally, yeah. when somebody has to jump in and reshoot the third act or the the final part of the movie. It's usually a really bad sign of what you have on, on yeah. you. But to me, it's great. Yeah. So it's like, did they get super lucky that they were able to fix a problem and the fix came out good? Or am I just delusional? Yeah, it's like the only other movie that I can think of where that happened really was for World War Z. Because apparently they were like they were supposed to go, to go to a whole different country for that last part. And they had to reshoot everything. Well, and World War Z is a bizarre movie well. when you think about it because the book is a journal of what's happening in these different countries of different uh -huh. people's point of views and how, like, I think it's like a reporter or something is going country to country collecting all this information. Yeah. But that's not how the movie was structured. No, the movie was structured no, like a normal but, beginning but, to end yeah, story. Yeah, and it, and, it, and, it, and it worked. And apparently, though, the, they had this whole part where they were supposed to, the last part was supposed to take place in Russia. And then they reshot everything but they shot at all of that stuff and then they re they had to reshoot everything i think it was at the they changed it so it was at the world health organization instead and 
and it, and it worked. And I think they did a fantastic yeah, yeah. job with well, that movie. With Rogue One, again, it's a mystery and it just makes things more confusing by the fact that Gareth Edwards is not around and he's not, he's not working. And yeah. you figure if a guy is not working, the thing that he would be asked to participate and to show his face in the same manner that you take a Filoni and you throw him into Mandalorian because he's a known name, a successful person mm-hmm. within Star Wars. Technically, Gareth Edwards is a successful person. He put out a good movie, a movie that didn't divide the whole franchise like these other movies. Yeah. But not a peep. He's not involved. So it's like, okay, well, uh, we'll find out one day what the story is. But that is probably the second most active element of Star Wars that's happening, you know, after Mandalorian. Now, after Cassian Andor series, you have Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is out there. We've heard something about them rewriting most of the yeah, scripts they, they because they to... wanted to rearrange the order so it doesn't look so much like Mandalorian structure. Yeah, they they said yeah they were trying to fix it up. And I, then... I think they wanted to make the episodes longer so they're kind of like Sherlock where you have a shorter maybe. season but longer episodes. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so apparently, yeah, they were they were redoing that, but then they said, and now they said like January of next year is when they were going to start filming that but again that's that's according to the original schedule yeah or does the COVID 19 thing push this is everything still the original schedule so we don't know so, if it's being yeah. pushed yet everything yeah that's the other thing to keep in mind is that everything we're talking about here could potentially be delayed yeah, some more it, this isn't even like i know we're talking about star wars but like the the marvel oh, everything Disney no yeah Plus shows it. that's a whole other world they were still filming a lot of those stuff and they've all been stopped to some degree yeah the marvel so world is, is, is going through this too everything's being pushed but anyway today we're only dealing with star wars now yet another show that kind of snuck up on us a couple of days or maybe a week ago or something all of a sudden there's another star wars series in the works that is going to be helped by the producer or the showrunner of the netflix show russia doll which I've seen that show. I've seen it. I haven't seen it. It's a weird um, Groundhog's Day-ish kind of show where events keep repeating themselves. And it's kind of, I guess you can consider it a fantasy series because it's it's not sci-fi. It's more fantasy. But anyway, I don't know what the, I know that this lady who's the showrunner is going to be in charge of it. We don't know what the theme is. Could this be a, a Knights of the Old Republic? Could this be something completely that we haven't heard of? Who knows? We yeah, have no I, clue. I have. I'm thinking. I mean, a lot of people are thinking that because they're casting Ahsoka in The Mandalorian, that they'll give her her own show, and that could be that show because uh, it's, it's supposed to be the, the the all the reports are saying it's supposed to be a female led show, as in the main character is a female. I just don't know if Ahsoka can carry an entire live action show when we've already had so much Ahsoka material out there between clone wars and that and, and, I mean, and rebels I think they and, could because it i mean and the theoretically books and everything theoretically suppose supposing that this show would be branching off of her role in the mandalorian because it would be the oldest we've ever seen her to date because it takes place five years after return of the jedi which is also after the end of rebels so they could this could that could be the gateway to this could be them, her working with Sabine to find Ezra, maybe, or unless they do an animated show on that still, 
or this could be just its own thing. Still. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, because we don't know, and we don't know for sure, it could be just about anything. So who knows? Now, Kyle just mentioned uh, rebels and stuff like that. Animation. Usually celebrations have some kind of animation information, whether it's an ongoing animated show or a new show. This would have been a perfect year to announce whatever they're working because they, they have to be working on something. Yeah, resistance Animation is, is something that usually takes a long time yeah. to, to, to prepare. So odds are they're probably already working on something or two other somethings because yeah. it takes so much time. The fact that they ended resistance already is like... Supposedly, it was always planned to be just those two seasons, right. really. So they they already knew what they wanted to do next. Right. Obviously. So that next thing should already be yeah. peaked. And we ever, should have ever a preview. since the Disney purchase, they've had everything all planned out for animation wise. Like like re once Rebels ended, Resistance picked up right after that, and then and the thing I keep yeah. reminding everybody is, uh, is that everybody should remember before Star Wars got sold to Disney, Lucas already had an entire season of detours. The kitty, funny, yeah. robot chicken group TV animated show that they made that got put on hold once the selling of the company happened. But they already had a whole season, I think, in the can. And yeah. that's sitting in some vault waiting to be yeah, yeah. shown somewhere. So even if they didn't have something, they could just pull that out and just, you know, throw everybody a bone and let them have that for a year. Who cares? But uh, yeah, animation, again, that this would have been a perfect opportunity for them to showcase some kind of an animated plan or, or give us a peek of what's next. Comics, I mean, hell, you just mentioned uh, Knights of the Old Republic is where they seem to be possibly going first. Well, they're going to the High Republic, which is because Knights of the Old Republic and the leg Legacy canon is supposed to be a thousand years before. Mm -hmm. This is 400 years before. So it's, it's, it's still different. But yeah, that's what they're trying to promote right now mostly but i'm sure they're going to announce other like spin-off comics and stuff like that and and in a convention you usually get comic book panels book panels i'm sure there's about a hundred books in the works right they're now already, they're still working on uh, another thr uh, a th new more thrawn, thrawn, trilogy. More thrawn stuff yeah more thrawn i'm, I'm sure they're going to start going crazy with mandalorian centric oh, books yeah, that would be that's crazy. gonna be nuts at some point i'm sure they're writing the crap out of those video games are still very hot during these conventions yeah. during the last one they had the new game that came out yeah that, the that, jedi fallen order that apparently yeah, was a big deal like there's I, another I they're working on a sequel for that apparently and then they're also working on some other game but we don't know what they are really so toy wise again that's a whole other show to make but yeah mandalorian heavy on mandalorian toys uh, I know that the vintage collection is still kind of chugging along and they're still releasing vintage card backs on figures that are, you know, modern looking figures and people are still, you know, some people are still collecting those and they're still waiting for certain ones that have not been made yet. The six inch line keeps growing incredibly into areas that I never thought they would, you know, the, the Emperor's Throne, the probe droid, you know, you had Jabba, large, large size stuff now that is in you know size ratio with these six inch figures which is very dangerous when you think about it because these things have to be gigantic you know if you want to make them in proportion like can, can you make a an x-wing i mean that thing is going to be huge if you make an x-wing have they i could have swore i saw something Wait, are we talking about for the six inch for the figures? six inch they made the, for vehicles, they made a TIE fighter. They, they made didn't a they? TIE fighter. They made well. They made the little. The I speeders. thought there was a snow speeder that they were thinking of I making. Think, I think I'm not sure actually if they made a snow speeder. But, but or not. again, that's the problem they're going to start having. Is the bigger they go, 
the more unaffordable and limited it will be. Because yeah, if they had a if they made a falcon, it no, would have to be the no. sizes of this room almost. No, you it's, <laughs> no, no, you're right. It has to be like a falcon has to be like what five feet long? It's some ridiculous yeah. size. I mean, it's all right. even with the with the three and three quarter inches. The vehicles are out of proportion, obviously, but. Like even if you look at like the 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 ad ad, you oh, know, yeah, oh yeah, make an ad ad. You can si- fit like five figures in the ad ad. You make like, an ad ad the size of a of a car. You know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's, but it's ridiculous. But, like, but but they are trying. I mean, that's the thing. They're trying to find smaller items that are not ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're out there. Those those larger items, they got to go for the smaller vehicles because yeah, like uh, they it's could just do insane. A, they could do a Jedi interceptor if they did. Something they could do. Um, and sooner, well, speaking of, of, of that, because uh, we had talked about this before, sooner or later, they are going to have to put out the Mandalorian TIE fighter with the with the folding wings. Well, I think they already they already are for three and three quarter inch. But you like for you've seen it? I've seen pictures. I maybe, thought. maybe. Me, yeah. It's, let me look it up. But but here's the thing. If they can do that for for three and three quarter, they can do that for six inch because they already put out a six inch TIE fighter. So. It's a slippery slope once you start once you start making these things. So now, the other area that I would like to go talk a little bit about when it comes to convention news is theme parks. Everything that has been planned has been released in theme parks, especially Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. The first Millennium Falcon ride, the Smuggler's something uh, smugglers run or something uh, that came out last year and then earlier this year they put out the rise of the resistance actually that was i think wasn't that a, around christmas time wasn't that in december the rise of the resistance yeah, for us it was december yeah right and they also upgraded the star tour so that it reflects rise of skywalker so as far as we know the galaxy's edge plan is fully in effect right now but i always keep talking to kyle about is that Disney usually likes to keep something changing, something that gets updated, something that for people that go multiple times that they will have something new to look forward to without having to wait five or ten years for a major change to happen. So I keep thinking that at some point they're going to have to designate an area of Galaxy's Edge or maybe something nearby there because we were talking maybe Launch Bay where you can have an ongoing changing area so that for example mandalorian related attractions could come in and out and as new series start popping up the cassian series the obi-wan series that kind of stuff could be cycled in and out i just realized one thing they could do is well they could update the smugglers run ride and just have a different different footage playing like when you're flying the falcon and have different audio lines for the animatronics and you could have like like they could have a Mandalorian themed one or something, you know. That's very hard. Like because, how they do with Star Tours. Yeah, but no, but see, that's that's very hard because the entire ride centers around being on the Falcon. So yeah, no, you, yeah, you still you're on still the on the Falcon. It's just a so different you're, different. You're saying you visit a different location, yeah, a different planet, or di- different so, different mission, different like instead of uh, going up to these cargo things here, you're doing some other yeah, cargo. Yeah, but yeah, yes. Yes, but but you also have to program the entire ride with the buttons you press. Remember, this is a, you, yeah, you're not just, just watching a movie. Star Tours does the, does it too with yeah, the but the Star motions. Tours you're not Star Tours you're watching a movie. There is no interactivity. Yeah, the, well, the, the they have to change the program of the way that the ship moves. No, 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 no. But but the audience don't participate. Smugglers run. You are pressing buttons and you're shooting things. Yeah. So. 
everything depends on your participation and your achievement or lack of achievement. Yeah, they could still. I think do it's that. way, way. I think it's easier to do what you're saying in Star Tours because in Star Tours you change the movie and you change the programming oh, of the yeah, motion. Yeah, it is easier. But with but... with the Smuggler's Run, you're changing the movie, you're changing the motion, you're changing the interactivity. Yeah, but it's all digital. It's not like they don't have to like deconstruct anything physically they don't have to change anything physically that, that much that would be great I, I don't i don't see them doing that and because of like i said because of it has to be an ongoing changing thing you know i don't think they like to take the time or spend the money into doing something that extensive i would imagine I'm thinking more of, let's say, an area of the park that is not used very often, or maybe an area of the park of that attraction that, let's say, they have it on reserve. It's a little cubby hole here, or this little, you know, there's a little corner where all those droids or all those slant speeders, yeah. where they could turn that into an ongoing something new. Or we talked about Launch Bay. They could potentially move some of that Launch Bay stuff somewhere else. Take over the Muppet area, push more of the launch oh, yeah. bay stuff they, to the Muppet if they area. They erased the Muppet area, that would be the best thing ever. And then Launch Bay, for example, becomes the Book of the Club month kind of thing where every season or every new show, they redo that whole area to reflect that show and have some kind of a presentation. Whether it's a floor show, whether it's a movie. I don't think they would put a ride because a ride is too expensive to have a, a ride that comes in and comes out, but something that reflects that. Kind of like, remember when they had the, which I think they, they're in the process of stopping the the galactic spectacle, whatever that was called, where they oh, do the, the characters come yeah. out. Something like that to reflect modern stuff, new stuff. That That I wouldn't be surprised if they were to do that, if they were to take a section and make it a revolving door of new stuff. Yeah, that would be something they could do. I still think it's completely feasible for them to redo the Falcon uh, ride mechanics. Well, like you said, the Muppets, they could take those Muppets and bring them to the kiddie side of Launch Bay because Launch Bay is full of kiddie stuff yeah, on the other side. Could... Bring all the Star Wars stuff, move it over to the Muppet area, redo that whole area so that it, it can have that rotating feel and mm -hmm. handle the Launch Bay, you know, the, the photo op section, the uh, the store, the movie, yeah. the little movie they have on the side, the yeah. little the museum ish display area, they could reincorporate that because if you think of Launch Bay, it's really a, a building. It's a hidden building. There is no massive yeah. structure that is part of the design. The you thing know. is, is with the Muppet area though, they would have to build a new building really because the one that they have there, yes. it's just a gift shop, and yes. it's so they would have to construct a whole new that whole area would have to get re yeah they would have to redone. redo that and attach it to, to attach the it other to thing Galaxy's is, is i don't think i don't think they'll the only reason i don't think they'll do is because they just built rizzo's like only a couple years ago i still think and yet another reason why it even would, though half the time it's only open during certain i know it's capacities. only seasonally open yeah so but it's here, like here's what i'm thinking and this is something i thought they were going to do at first with galaxy's edge is food wise galaxy's edge does not have a high-end restaurant it doesn't have no. a nice sit-down table service restaurant, a theme restaurant. So that would be perfect. You take Rizzo's and you convert, let's say, the top floor to a nice sit-down restaurant. And the bottom floor could be another yeah. fast food Another place. thing they could do also is with Star Tours, too. They could redo the outside and make it more like as if it was on Batuu or something. Yeah. 
I, again, I mean, they could. We're never, we're never satisfied. Star Wars fans are never satisfied. They always want, we always want more, and we always have about a thousand ideas. Now, speaking of a thousand ideas, if they, which they most likely will, who knows? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe by the end of, it just seems so impossible that they will be ready by the end of August to go full tilt. You know, a hundred thousand people in one room, kind of. Yeah, because California cause will not do if, that. Like, let's say, assuming that this stuff goes away for the most let's assume it goes away completely 100 percent which they is not, which will, is they, not won't, happen. they won't have enough which, which won't happen i don't think they'll have enough prep time to be ready for that like because no, some people that, will still be worried and prep, stuff these things they take they're planning for at least a year like a month's worth of prep time gone is like they contracts to, are being gone. signed yeah. merchandise is being manufactured as we speak or it's already in a in a warehouse somewhere waiting they to be probably brought stopped already honestly well, making stuff but that's my my point is that I, I i don't think they can pull it off but anyway the point is that because it seems very likely that this isn't going to happen and because we already know that san diego is starting to offer refunds or roll people's tickets over to next year apparently you can do that you can roll your ticket into next year celebration is a little more difficult because celebration is always in a different location so you can't just tell people oh don't worry we'll give you tickets for next year well what if next year the tickets are in florida the event is in florida or chicago or what if they do it in hawaii what if they go back to europe you know who knows and i can guarantee you this whatever they were going to go to next year that contract has been signed already they might have one or two or three years already booked in advance. And you can't just tell everybody, okay, next year we were going to go to uh, uh, Denver. Nah, tell Denver we're canceling that. Con you can't do that. So the turn, you know, the, the Anaheim turn to have a celebration, I think it's gone until maybe another four, five, six years later. So whoever is supposed to have celebration next year or the following year, that might already be locked in. Oh, yeah. So if this is a wash, if this is completely wasted, what I'm thinking is, and again, I have no pull. I have nothing. We're just kind of spinning our heads and just throwing ideas out there. Depending on how much money they're going to lose. So, for example, obviously, the hotels are dead. All those hotel reservations people made are either going to have to go back to those people or those people are going to sue every single hotel for refunds. So forget the hotel reservations. All the food, all the vendors, the location, the actual convention center, that money is either going to be lost or they have to come up with some kind of an agreement on what to do about that money. But all the merchandise that they've already pre-made, I'm not, and I'm talking about the exclusive merchandise, the convention related merchandise that stuff like i told kyle is sitting in a warehouse right now unless they were able to stop production but i don't know when they would have stopped production i don't know because of the fact that they haven't officially canceled it then you can't stop production unless you have an official cancellation so there is a good chance that there is tons and tons of merchandise that says 2020 on it. It's not like the type of thing you can just grab and throw it into the next convention. Anything with a date is gone. You could take like a generic Admiral Akbar plushie, for example, and say, all right, we'll save that for the next convention. Yeah. You might be able to recycle some of the merchandise. But you got to remember a lot of this merchandise, it's exclusively made for that theme. So it has a, a location theme, California theme. You know, they do that on purpose. So maybe 50% of the merchandise could be recycled. Maybe. Who knows? But anyway, the merchandise is there. 
you already sold and practically sold out the tickets. You probably, I imagine, usually celebrations. How many people they bring in? Ninety thousand now? Something close like to a hundred. Yeah, it's, it's an outrageous yeah, amount I'm, of people. <laughs> Those people are going to be refunded that money because you can't just tell them, "Oh, don't worry, we'll roll it into the next one." Because. A majority of those people might not be able to travel to New York, Washington, London. No, it, it all depends on what the next location is and whether or not it's convenient for you to go there. So I have a feeling they're going to have to refund all that money. So what's left now? What can they do at this point? Can they just kind of take the hit and call it a loss? Or can they turn it into something else where they can still make a little money and give the fans something in return? That all depends on on Disney, I think. Because if it's a private small company, it might be easier to just take the loss. But Disney, because it's a bigger company and they're thinking long-term, they're thinking, you know, the next 50 years of, of merchandising, really, and entertainment and, and being able to sell to people. What I think they should do, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, is why don't they create a virtual convention? So granted, you don't get the experience that you get when you are physically there in the location. Of course not. It's never going to be like that. But for those of us, and even the people that do go to the convention, those of us who don't make it because the location is usually too far away, I love watching the online stuff that they put on, uh, I think Verizon is the sponsor sometimes. Yeah. And they, and you watch it on YouTube and you, you watch an entire day's worth of stuff. You don't get to see everything. Mm -hmm. But you get to see some panels, some specials, some announcements, some little interviews that normally you even, won't see. Even some clips, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you get, again, again, you don't get everything. So in this particular case, because most of the people, I would say probably 90 to 100% of the people are going to get a refund for their ticket, why don't they do something online? Why don't they do something where, for example, all of their guests that they had hired, let them keep their fee. Don't cheap out, you know, don't don't cancel Mark Hamill's fee and Fabro's fee, whatever. Anybody who gets paid to be a guest, a speaker, a presenter, anything like that, let them keep their fee and give them this option. The option is you come to California, for example, and you do in a studio that's controlled just a host and a guest. Do a one-on-one -on -one interview, obviously separate them enough for safety reasons. Or have them do an online interview, like a Zoom interview or a Skype interview, yeah. something of nice quality, where you have the equivalent of a one-hour panel where the guest is answering questions from the host, and then you televise that, you, you stream that, you put that on YouTube, so that you give the fans, let's say, a week's worth of entertainment, kind of like if you had that sort of thing. So you think about big panel guests. All the Star Wars stars, the Mandalorian, all those all those people, they could do it in a studio one-on-one, -on -one, or they could do it via Skype, you know, via via Zoom, via something like that. Other type of panels, you know, when I go to these conventions, it's they're so insanely huge that I can almost never make it into a big panel. But I do end up making the smaller panels. Sometimes those smaller panels could be done from home. These people that are bringing yeah. all their merchandise and all their presentations, they could do a presentation from home from a computer. You know, they could do that. It's possible. So I think the entertainment part of it is there. You can have the StarWars.com hosts, the ones that usually do it. Yeah, you know, all those chipper happy guy people that yeah. they're always, uh, you know, super Star Wars fans and that kind. They can be in a studio 
introducing all this stuff. They could be hosting it yeah. and then throwing to the kind of like all these news networks now. The majority of their stars, they're they're doing it from home. So they could they could continue this from home kind of thing to for a convention. Yeah, and I, I think that they might actually like there's a chance that they might have to do it that way, like as opposed to not doing it at all because of like let's say if they're still sponsored with Verizon they might be contractually obligated to have a online stream. And if it's possible to do it, they're going to have to do it. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Now, think about the other aspect of a, of, of a celebration that is one of my favorite. What is the dealer floor? Granted, you cannot replicate the dealer floor. You cannot replicate you a thousand vendors. However, based on the vendors you had already booked, you know, give them all back their money. Give them back their money. But... Figure out a way that you can tell people that, let's say, for example, on eBay, we're going to create a celebration store. And depending on what page of that store you go to, you get to go to that vendor's eBay store so that you can have a sort of an eBay marketplace where people can go to some of those vendors, including a section where they could actually sell the official merchandise, this official convention merchandise that I was talking about earlier that is probably sitting in a warehouse right now, a place where you could do that. So I think it could be done. Granted, again, the dealer room will probably suffer the most. Now, granted, these dealers, they spend a ton of money, a ton of money to travel to California, for example, bring their merchandise, get a hotel room, And then they have to sell so much. From what I understand, they have to sell so much merchandise to recoup the money that they spend to get there. Do it in a way where you can tell people where to go to and get that merchandise that they would be selling, whether it's an eBay type of store or selling them directly to a website that the vendor might have. A vendor might say, you know what, I'd rather show them my, my store you know, my website than my eBay store because the eBay store is just a bunch of pictures. But eBay is better at usually at being able to look at an item and then just purchase right on the spot. So anyway, again, we're just spitballing ideas here. That will never give you back the experience of meeting people and talking to your friends, you know, in person, you know, being able to shake hands with a, forget shaking hands, that's never going to happen again. (laughs) Convention, that's gone out the window. But those kind of personal experiences are not going to happen this year or possibly in the future, you know, in some shape or form. But at least you can get the entertainment value of the convention. You can get that multi-day feel of information, famous people, behind the scenes, panels. I love those panels, those collector panels that are very low-tech panels. My God. You're talking about a guy with a slide projector, you know, a PowerPoint presentation. That is the simplest thing to do online is put together a PowerPoint presentation of people who collect hammerhead action figures or something, some ridiculous thing or whatever you're into, pins, buttons, patches, whatever you happen to be into. Those type of panels are so easily replicated to be put online from home. They're so simple. They're ridiculously simple. I've been recently watching a tour that Gus Lopez has been uh, doing of his home and his collectibles. And right there, those, I don't, I forget if there was 10 or 15 episodes he put out, that there alone could be a, an ongoing panel for celebration and the content is already there. So 
it is possible to give the fans something substantial and something of quality if they kind of put their minds together and figure out money-wise what could be afforded and what can't. I mean, I would definitely watch it. I would even go as far as this. I would even go as far as to say I would be willing to pay a very low price to have access to, let's say, seven days of that. You know, I'm not talking about the hundred plus dollar a day ticket that it costs you to go to celebration, but I don't know, for 20 bucks, maybe I would pay 20 bucks to watch a seven day, you know, information presentation, you know, from celebration. Yeah. And, and same thing with all these people that are going to be refunded their money. You could say to them, we'll refund you 90% of your ticket. This way, the rest of that 10% goes to funding this virtual convention. And the thing is also, they, they won't need to have a capacity, so they could have everybody. Oh, my God. They, yeah. could, they, could, they might even be able to make more money. They could make, they, well, they won't make more money, but they could get more people. More people. They could get more eyes than ever before yeah. because of the fact that it's unlimited. Yeah. And especially when you put it on YouTube, where you don't have to watch it live, you can watch it when you feel like it. That you know, the, there's some ideas here that could really benefit and and make up for the fact of everything that's going to be lost by not having these conventions. I'm not saying this is going to be the way it should be for forever. I hope that we get to a point where we could go back to conventions. Again, I don't think the handshaking is going to be coming back for a while. You know, photo ops, all that kind of one-on-one experiences. I think they're going to kind of put the kibosh on that for a while. But in the meantime, this is a perfect idea, I think, for, you know, to get us through this this uh, more difficult period. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, hopefully they'll announce something soon because... Uh, and and I'm I'm honestly I'm surprised that San Diego hasn't thought of something like that because San Diego usually doesn't broadcast as actively as no, celebration. They, oh, hardly they. I've not. So, yeah, San Diego's no. not into that. I mean, they'll the people will be filming I think there's stuff. Like specific panels where like they'll do it, but like that's it. Right, and and for news events, for news outlets, they'll record certain things, but it's not like a full four or five day thing like they do with celebration, yeah. where you can just sit in front of your computer for for days at a time just consuming consuming information but yeah unfortunately i have a feeling if 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 something like that were to happen a celebration would have to be the guinea pig they would have to be the first ones doing it all right well anyway again this is just our ideas uh which there's a good chance uh, probably a bigger chance that none of this will happen but hey we're star wars fans we like to theorize on things when we're not theorizing about plot holes and problems with stories in the movies or the tv shows we're trying to come up with things that could be done to make the the fan experience a little better all right i hope you guys enjoyed today's show we covered as much as we could of the situation with uh, you know these conventions that are not happening and the potential of celebration this year not happening also and we looked at some alternatives there's plenty of alternatives out there if somebody's willing to try them they did a little mini online thing i believe on may the 4th you know to go along with may the 4th be with you <laughs> may the 4th date star wars day but i don't think it was anywhere as big as what i'm talking about it was a small very small sample size of it and i thought reed pop might have been involved a little tiny bit in it so maybe that was the trial balloon to see how people would react to having something bigger but that was interesting the other bit of news that kind of broke while i was editing this is that taika watiti one of my favorite names to pronounce 
name was announced or through a news story. I don't know if it was official, you know, fireworks coming out of Lucasfilm. But in the news sources, he apparently is being selected, considered, chosen to be one of these next Star Wars film directors. So that will be an interesting story to follow. Let's see if we can get all the way <laughs> to completion. Because you know what happens. Sometimes they announce these directors and then stuff happens along the way. It's an interesting pick as far as I'm concerned. Because he does have a comedic, you know, background. Even his Mandalorian episode had a very, you know, comedic scene in it. That I don't know if that's the type of thing that would work for a full-fledged movie. Especially a Star Wars movie. Considering the fact that I remember when the uh, Solo guys, the Miller brothers, when they were let go from the Solo film, I could have swore I heard some rumblings of them going a little too comedic. Too improvisational, too comedic, that kind of thing. And that's when they brought in Ron Howard. So, hey, it's another name out there. I love this director. I'm rooting for him. I hope he can make it work. We will see. So, on behalf of everybody here at GeekFest Rants, thank you for listening. Thank you to Kyle for joining me today. And hopefully this convention will still happen in some shape or form, but mostly in a safe manner. So, we will see you here soon at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. This man is going to help protect us from the bad ones. I have never met a Mandalorian. I've only read the stories. If they are true... I'm in. Series streaming November 12th on Disney Plus. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2020. <laughs>